Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, football, it's back and better than ever. And all eyes are on the gridiron right now as teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline, it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. It's got a new updated site and interface. There are more odds, props, and contests because BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website or use your mobile device right now to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE B-L-E-A-V to receive that bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. So excited to have a returning guest on here today. I think we're going to walk around the block with a lot of different sports topics. He is the host of Sports Map Radio and the Green Insider Podcast for all right. the, for all you renewable freaks out there. His name is Fred Davis. Fred, my man, so happy to have you back on the pod. How are you today? Joey C, man. Listen, it's always good to chop it up with you. Uh, appreciate it. Like I said, you've been on my show. I've been on yours. So it's, uh, it's only right we come together and talk all things sports in uh, this crazy world that we live in. Yeah, I feel super grateful and thankful that you brought me on for, for a radio hit in the past. And we've you've been on this pod before. We've talked Texans Bears. Uh, I want to get into a bunch of different topics with you today. So let's just dive right in. Yeah, let's dive right in. Let's get to uh, Chicago Bears football. Yes. Chicago Bears Buccaneers, 12.5 underdogs heading into this mm. weekend against Super Bowl champs. Fred, you know, every year there is always that one game, that one week, where there is a game that shocks us all. And I'll just put it out to you like this. Is this the game that's going to shock the NFL world this weekend, or are you thinking that the Buccaneers hang on? Uh, I mean, when you say shock, you mean like cover the spread, or do you mean like they're going to actually win the money, game? Money line <laughs> out, right, baby? Money, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's not going to happen. No, I mean, no, I know. Uh, Listen, you ain't you ain't beating the goat. I mean, you're not you're not gonna beat the goat. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, are are we? At what point do we start to really question or or, or just ask ourselves what is who is Tom Brady? Like, is this guy some? I mean, it, it, we're past the point. I, I mean, the Super Bowls. I mean, all that kind of stuff. But I watch. I mean, listen, Joe, you watch a lot of football. I watch the people that watch this, listen to this, watch football. Obviously, how does a guy get better as he gets older? Because the thing about Tom Brady that I've noticed this season is, listen, the ball's coming out with more velocity. Yes. He's always got, he's always had a quick release. But I'm just amazed at now that he's had a year in that offense, and now that he's got his boys around him, he knows the comforts there. What he's doing this outside of the year that they went 19 or eight, what was it, 19 and one, uh, when he had you know Randy Moss, Welker, and what have you. I think this might be the greatest season he's put together. So far, it is as smooth as a season as you'll ever imagine. Now, here's what I will say, though. The Brady of the last seven or eight years, he does have a four- to five-week lull at some yeah. point in the season. It does happen. It's happened with the Patriots. But everything else you're saying completely checks out. The velocity, the hair on top of the head, I mean, all this Ugh. stuff has vastly improved over the last four or five years. Seriously. 44 years old. There is a lot of the – there's that narrative out there that he wants to continue to spread the word of the TB12 health mantra – I do wonder how much luck is involved of just a guy that, you know, he's the Herschel Walker. He's the Julio Franco, right? I mean, some guys are just blessed with athletic ability that allows them to play longer. And he is so, you know, he's such a monk about his preparation that allows him to do that. I also just have to say, Fred, we all know it's so crazy, but if he just takes one blindside hit, 
you know, this thing can evaporate all very quickly. I think people fail to recognize that because he just continues to do it. I mean, he's this metronome. But it, it, is, it is quite amazing to watch. I mean, I'll throw it back at you. Have you ever seen a quarterback almost play the game like a pitcher? Like, you know, pumping 92 in the first inning, he pumps it up to 95, 96 in the fifth, sixth. He throws yeah. the curveball for a couple innings, but then he goes back and he throws a slider to the guy in the set. He, he really kind of toys with teams, and he manipulates games in ways that I don't think I've ever seen before. No, he, he's uh, he, listen, man. He, like you said, he's a, he's a unicorn. He's just different, and you know it's it's funny you bring up the fact of of, of you know a blind shot a blind side shot could could uh, you know end it all for him. When you look at what Tom Brady's been able to do, and then you look on the flip side of that, a guy like a Ben Roethlisberger who has taken a beating over the course of his career, and you know I mean listen, he's there's there's a five year difference. We know that Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, doesn't, I mean, he's starting to take better care of his body now than he did early on. And we don't, we know he's not quite as, as insane about it as, as Tom Brady is, but um, no, he's just, listen, man, the guy's got an approach. He's got, you know, he, he, the TV 12 thing is, 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 you know, that process works as Alex Guerrero guy. I mean, they, listen, they've got a process that works. My question for you is this, would we be at all surprised if we found out that maybe there was a little PED action going on? And if there was, would we care? Um, one would not care Two, the evolution of all this that we've learned since the eighties to the nineties to now is that there is always a new version Absolutely. of performance enhancing drugs that we don't know about yet that yes. we're cool with right now. But when we find out that it's not good, we will then retroactively look back upon it and say, shame, shame, shame. Right. I mean, <laughs> this is, um, what was the uh, what what was the uh, what was the Flintstone vitamins with McGuire and Sosa in '98? What were they? Oh, uh, Andro, interesting diode. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, you know that, and then we look back and say, hey, wait, wait a second, that's not right. HGH was very similar. Now all of a sudden, H, you know, I'm I'm with you that there has to be some sort of recovery mechanism that helps him get from that Monday morning to that Sunday morning. You know, in between games, that probably you know just. He looks 100%, right? Even with that thumb, it was still coming out Seriously. pretty good last week. I, I was telling a buddy of mine, Henry Thomas, uh, we were on your show. I'd like to see my boy Tiger Tiger Woods uh, jump on some of that or whatever it is, right? I mean, if we're going to see my boy Tiger Tiger Woods golf again, would, would, golf, we care? would golf stop him from anything? Literally, uh, HBH. They'd be, they'd be the, ignorant if they did. Yeah, the Kobe plasma, whatever that is. I mean, just to see him go out and Seriously. play a weekend again. I, I want, well, he's back on the course. He's back on the course. He, they, 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 uh, they, they shot him. Uh, TMZ got a photo of him back on the course again. So again, you know, I mean, what? I mean, it's tight. We don't know what we're going to see out of Tiger, but I'll tell you what. It almost made me want to go buy a Genesis. I can tell you that much. And go roll it a couple times. I mean, seriously. Save it. Listen, Genesis SUV saved Tiger's life, and I'm okay with that. But to your point about Tom Brady and bringing it back to the Chicago Bears, listen. Um, I just you, you listen that deep. The one thing I will say though, this is where this is where if your boy Justin Fields, I the one thing I could see is this one. This is how crazy the NFL is, right? Is the Tampa Bay secondary is awful, right? We know that. Well, they're, they're awful because they're beat up, right? So it's just it's a thing of it's it's you know they've been beaten up by attrition. So you've got the you've got the Tampa Bay secondary. Their, their linebackers are obviously we know their D line is great, um, but Khalil Herbert, 
Rock Chalk, by the way, um, who is an absolute steal of a running back. All right. I mean, and, and, and I, listen, I, no, no disrespect to my boy, David Montgomery, who, who, you know, was, was dynamite in fantasy for me down the stretch last year. Um, but listen, Khalil Herbert is the guy moving forward. I mean, he's just a different dude. Yeah. So you get that run game going. Your offensive line, mm, we already know about that. But this is the perfect kind of situation where if Khalil can get, keep it going on the ground, your boy Justin Fields, eventually he's going to have those moments where he's not going to look like a rookie. Obviously, we know there's going to be game. I mean, look at it this way. If Davis Mills can ball out against the Patriots, I, I like my chances of eventually your boy Justin Fields is going to break through and have himself a, you know, 25 of 30, 22 of 32, 300 yard performance, uh, uh, you know, and again, maybe they don't win the game, but at the very least they do cover the spread and, you know, it goes down and it's one of those games where it's not necessarily a moral victory, but it's like, okay, hey, listen, you went toe for toe with, with the goat. That's the that's what Bears fans really want. I don't think we're going to be shocked and crestfallen if we lose this weekend. I think it's be more right. about let's not just turn it into a shit show because yeah. that can kind of really change that can that residual effect can lead to other stuff in the weeks ahead, which we do have, you know, 49ers all of a sudden kind of a winnable game, Steelers all of a sudden kind of a winnable game. Yeah. There's ways to get back over 500 and make this a competitive season. And and that's the thing we're doing the I'm doing these preview pods with former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten. And we're just talking, and literally, we like to do nuts and bolts, and he's so good at breaking down what they need to do and execute during a game. But I'm at that point where, like, I went a little meathead this week where I'm like, we need a turnover early, or, like, we need a special yeah. team. You know, and that's really what it is, is it's got to be a combination of some sort of field flipper of some kind. Right. And then get them in a situation where, I don't know, maybe they're down 7 or 10 a little early, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just want to run, 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 and let Tommy pick his spots – if we can get a pass rush going, maybe making them a little bit more one-dimensional, maybe not, maybe forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. No Antonio Brown, no Robert Gronkowski this week. Still, yeah. Godwin, Evans, Brate, Howard, exactly. Will Bernard on third down. There's a lot of options here that the Bears have to worry about. I do want to ask you just what are your general thoughts on Justin Fields and maybe also in conjunction with some of these other rookie quarterbacks this year? It's been an interesting uh, roller coaster, I think, is maybe a way to describe it. Ooh, that's one. That's definitely one way of putting it. I mean, you know, you I, listen. We have become so just gaga about rookie quarterbacks in these last four or five years because we've had. And there's always been at least one rookie quarterback. Or look, 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 I mean, let's look at this way. Since what 2017? You know, when you had Trubisky, Mahomes, and Deshaun. All right. And then really since then, you've had a pretty decent crop each year, right? Of guys that have moved the meter in some form or fashion. Yeah, Kyler this Murray. Year, the Kyler Murray's, right? And so this year's obviously no, no, no different, right? Um, and especially when you consider the number of quarterbacks that win in the in, in the first round. With Justin Fields, I liked Justin Fields, especially when I saw what he was able to do against Clemson last year. I mean, he took, he got the shit beat out of him against Clemson. What impressed me the most about him was the way he just kept bouncing back, right? I mean, he just kept bouncing back. And let's call it what it is. I mean, pound for pound, he outdueled Trevor Lawrence in that game, right? And then, of course, you know, then Alabama came calling, and, you know, we all know what happens there. But, I mean, listen, they've done that to a lot of people, no, no harm, no foul. Um, I wasn't as upset about him not getting the start in week one as, you know, everybody else was, right? I mean, listen, Matt Nagy – I mean, that, that's a whole other podcast right there. But 
I understood what he was trying to do, right? He came from the whole school of let your guy rest a little bit. Obviously, he was there when Mahomes and Alex Smith was there. And so I see what he was trying to do. And let's call it what it is. I mean, Justin Fields initially didn't look like he was ready, especially, and I think Matt Nagy also knew too, this offensive line's a shit show. And I'm going to get my guy killed. And, and listen, we've seen what happens to rookie quarterbacks when they get their brains beat in the first couple of seasons, aging David Carr, right? So, I mean, that had effect on his entire career. So, Justin Fields is going to be okay. I think the biggest thing that the Bears need to do is, as you know, and this has been a long going, uh, uh, ongoing cry with pretty much every team in the NFL that's had issues, is, is, is fix the O-line, yeah. right? You keep Justin Fields upright good things are going to happen, right? And let's call it what it is. We're, we're six games into the NFL season. Now, I think he was a little overzealous when he said, oh, you know, it's it's slow. It's like, well, come on, bro. You played the third quarter of a fucking preseason game, right? I mean, you know, you're playing against guys that are gym teachers and bouncers. He, was, he messed that up real quick. He was trying to say it was slow because my defense that I practice against every day is so fast, but he screwed ah, it up. Okay. It's that old cliche, but he screwed it up in such a way where people took that and ran with it in a different way. Like he dropped okay, it. Like, that, that makes all the sense in the world, Dave. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Three sentences later in the in the in the soundbite, and he should have just kept it all together. He, he, okay, he, okay, okay. Well, when you put it like okay, and, and really my thing was more of like it was like you know, hey, it's a. I mean, my thing is like these are 21, 22 year old kids. You know, I mean, they're gonna say goofy things. Or even when you put it like that, I'm okay with it. I like his moxie. I like what the kid's about. Uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's got a great family behind him. And I, I think, you know, the, the Bears, I think they know what they have in him, right? And so they're not, I don't think they're going to go Matthew Stafford on him and, and, and let this kid toil and get his brains beat into the next 10 seasons. But again, I think it goes down to, you know, are they going to put a system around him, a.k.a. Uh, I mean, listen, I think he's got his running back for the next four or five years. I think he's still, you know, I think you got to feel good about that. Um, you know, obviously you got your boy Robinson, but is it, is it, are you going to have, uh, 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 you know, an offensive line that's going to be able to keep him from getting his brains beat in? And that's the million dollar question. Well, and I'll tell you another thing, Fred, on top of that as well as, as Bears fans, ever since that Cleveland Browns game, Matt Nagy is basically driving his car, and Bears fans are in shotgun like a dude doing a driving test every single game the rest of the way of like, what did you do in this game? Are you the right person for this guy moving yeah. forward? You know, going through all the cones. You, you nicked Absolutely. a cone right there. You know what I mean? And so whether he's the guy in the future on top of the offensive line, on top of the off uh, the weapons, is something that I think everyone's going to be watching over those next 11 games. I will tell you, I agree with everything that you just said about Justin Fields. The only thing that now in hindsight I'm kind of looking back on, and, and maybe this is a personal thing, but I I feel like sometimes in relationships, like I'm, I'm married now, thankfully, right? Like I found the I love of my life. Thank you. Yeah. But my previous relationships, I always felt like sometimes I would bring the bad habits of previous relationships oh, absolutely. into my new relationship. I'm and I'm still doing it. That, <laughs> that's what, but that's what Matt Nagy did. I feel like with Justin Fields and not starting Andy Dalton was he was worried that if Justin Fields had a bad game, Bears fans would go, failure. Just the yeah. same way that we did it with Mitch Trubisky. And what he didn't realize was is that Justin Fields, makeup-wise, I don't know if he's going to have you know, 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, yeah. but makeup-wise, he's like a T-1000. And like you said, you hit him, and he gets right up, no expression on his face, yeah. and he's fine. He could be hurt. He doesn't even limp when he's hurt. It's pretty crazy. And I think Matt Nagy underestimated He's more Deshaun than Mitch Trubisky. 
This is true. This is very, very true. And I think he, he was like, he just came off the Trubisky thing. Yeah, this Trubisky thing where he was, you know, mentally just falling apart. And, you know, they got to that point in the Rams game in 2019 when they tried to bench him or they had to bench him three quarters of the way. And, and Mitch was crying on the sidelines. And Nagy's just like, dude, I can't I can't do this again with another young kid. But Fields is not like that person. You know what I mean? And that's where they yeah. kind of aired. I'm just glad that he's in now and they can just rock and roll with him, you know? Well, and, and let's call it what it is, too. I mean, it, and no one's going to get North Carolina. I mean, listen, if he was, you know, if you had drafted Mitch Trubisky from the North Carolina basketball team, then, yeah, I, you know, yeah, he's ready for the pressure cooker. Uh, James Worthy would have been a great quarterback. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, and again, hey, I'm an MJ guy to the fullest. My son's middle name is Michael, so, you know what I'm saying? So, we, uh, you know, if you want to get don't, – don't even start with the LeBron-Jordan debate, but – you know, no one's going to get quarterback factory confused with North Carolina. The thing about Justin Fields is, and I'm a big believer in this, you know, this guy came from Ohio State where, you know, you are the hunted week after week after week. So he knows pressure situations. He, and again, that's why, you know, when I referenced the, 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 the playoff game last year, that game to me told me a lot about what this dude's about. Because again, you can get your ass beat. It's what are you going to do when you get up? And that's the one thing, uh, sticking to uh, rookie quarterbacks, that's what's impressed me the most about Justin Fields. That's what's impressed me the most about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, this guy has been a winner everywhere he's gone. And it would be easy for him to just, you know, capitulate and say, you know, hey, and, and, and you know, look, you know, have a, a bad body language on the sideline, you know, just kind of sulk, what have you. No, that dude comes out. And I said in the preseason, I said, that dude is the most Mahomes-esque quarterback I've seen since we've, you know, since, since Pat came out. Yeah. Always moving in the pocket, not afraid, you know, not afraid to tuck it, but is always looking downfield, right? Like always looking downfield. So it's one of them deals where, okay, yeah, he escapes the pocket, but he's that dude that it's almost like he sees where the, you know, the line of scrimmage is, is he kind of tiptoeing it before he decides he to run or throw it away or whatever he does. But I, I, I you know, I love what uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence has done. I like Justin Fields. Uh, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson, I don't, I haven't watched enough of him. I mean, does he have, really... does he have the bounce back mentality? Can he learn the bounce back mentality throughout his career? Because he's sort Wilson of Wilson or Lawrence Wilson, where I think Lawrence and Justin Fields are like, I throw a pick. I can come back and score the next drive. I have a bad game. I can come back and keep working the process. Zach Wilson feels like he's just, he plays with emotion and passion. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but you yeah. do have to learn to control your bounce back ability when shit goes wrong and he's on the jets. Let's be honest. A lot of shit's going to go wrong. Oh, listen, well, I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, you know, aside from fields, you know, who's, who's, you know, and the bears have a funk, you know, the bears have such a weird feel to them, right? Because it's like, you know, you're a playoff team, but it's like, you're kind of in that weird space. I mean, you know, but that's the thing. It's like, you'll still, you'll realize, well, man, how long is the bears? And you're like, well, it did make it like a year or two ago. And you're like, Really, they did sneak in, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're the eighth seed, right? We're the playoff team that the other teams hope that we get to play. Like, if we lose this week, not a big deal because we play the Bears next week. We know it. We know what it is. That's our stigma, you know? And that's the weird thing about the Bears, right? They're like in this, this purgatory of NFL. Like, we're not really good, but we're not a complete dumpster fire either. I mean, even last year, when we had, I mean, think about it. When we had you on last year, I remember you specifically asked me, how did the Bears beat the Texans? I said, Deshaun doesn't get on the bus, right? And again, what happened? The Bears did not beat the shit out of the Texans. Turns out the rest year, of the right? Texans did not get on the bus, and Deshaun well, I don't, was the one that yeah, showed up that day. So it's just, it's weird. I mean, whereas with the Jets, we know they're bad. The Jaguars, we know they're bad. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, you look at, and then of course, Matt Jones, he goes to the, to the Patriots. Um, 
And with that, you know, the thing about Mac Jones is, I, you know, I think the indictment for me is less on Mac Jones and more on Josh McDaniels at this point. Yep. Because it's like, bro, I, I mean, obviously Mac Jones can throw, so let it loose. And, and you know, that, that game a couple of weeks ago where they lost to the Patriots, it was fourth and three, fourth and four, whatever it was, from what, the 40-yard line, 40s, whatever it was, in the rain – so you opt to kick a 56-yard field goal with a hurt Nick Folk rather than let your rookie quarterback try to get you three yards. If yeah. you can't get three yards in this league as a quarterback, then you don't belong in this league. You know, so that was one of the things that kind of bugged me about that, and I just kind of a, a random take. But I listen, this 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 crop of quarterbacks, I, I think it's going to be a very good crop when it all when it's all you know when we when we do the two three year look down. Um, and I'll tell you what, the one guy, and, and obviously I'm here in Houston. The one guy that, that that's kind of like that outlier a little bit is Davis Mills. No one's uh, talking about him. No one even puts him in the class. Like, I mean, it's it's weird. It's not it's not fair, but well, listen, they're not talking about him because look at the. I mean, look at look at the Texans. I mean, it, it, it's. Do you get it's, real quick? Do you get the sense that the NFL is a little bit going out of its way to just not put a spotlight on the Texans this year? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I I feel that too. That it almost feels like they've. They're just not even an NFL franchise. They're not going to be in the highlights. They're not going to uh, clearly not get any nationally televised games. The NFL would just prefer that they did not exist for the year until this Deshaun Watson situation gets resolved. Okay, I, I understand it's 2021, and and you know, so societal norms have have changed quite a bit. But in what world is it okay to talk about openly trading a guy who has 22 civil sexual assault cases, not two or three? We're talking about 22 civil cases. We're talking about 10 criminal cases, okay? And of those, I want to say two or three aren't part of the civil case. So these are women that don't have, they're, they're not in it for the money. They're in it because, you know, obviously he did something to them. There's been several uh, interviews that have come out with women that have talked about what he did. Sean Watson's a fucking pervert, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's just the reality. I mean, I listen, you're married. I'm 40 years old, Okay. Uh, getting 22 women to agree on anything is a pretty, it's hard to do. Okay. So the idea that this dude is, is out there and, and you know, that that there's open trading or open talks about this guy getting moved is just, is just fascinating to me. And that that there's teams that are like, well, let's kick the, you know, let's kick the tires on it and see what, I mean, listen, I there's almost did. Oh, thank Dicka. That didn't happen. My God. You're no, you're absolutely right. And and listen, I'm a Deshaun Watson guy. Okay. I mean, I, I love Deshaun Watson. I, you know, when he came out with Patrick Mahomes, I was like, listen, this is going to be Brady Mahomes or Brady, uh, uh, Manning for the next decade when these guys hit their stride. I mean, it hurts. It, it, listen, it, it, Houston is one of those franchises. It's a great football town. You know, they deserve good football here. They've never had their own franchise quarterback. So it was nice to see them finally get one. And then boom, four years later, you know, everything implodes. And obviously now he's on the way out. So you're right. It, the NFL no more wants to tackle this issue than the man in the moon. And the idea that it's getting all this steam and everything like that, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me that we're having this discussion about this guy getting moved when what's going on. I, I just, I, I just, I can't stomach it. And the idea that, I mean, listen, we've all had situations where we didn't like our boss or we've had difficulties with our boss, but you know, I talked to a guy, um, Will Parkinson, he covers the jets. And we talked, cause he, he was on this thing a while back about, you know, him going to the Miami dolphins. And I, and I said, well, we'll you know, he's, 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 he's in with somebody from uh, uh, Deshaun's camp. And so I asked him, I said, well, what is the reason? 
I, I said, because, you know, we still haven't figured out why he doesn't, I mean, is it because he doesn't like the owner? I mean, is that, that really what it is? Verbatim, he said, Deshaun didn't feel he could build his brand in Houston and he wanted to go do it somewhere else. Okay. I said, I said, let me make sure I heard you right. You're telling me that a grown man who's an NFL quarterback in the fourth largest city in America said that he wanted to leave because he couldn't build his brand here and wants to go somewhere else. He said, I'm just telling you what the camp told me. Now, listen, that, that might be the party line, okay, which sounds more like it to me, all right? But if there is a shred of truth to that, you know, I'm a, I, it's like I told my boy Henry Thomas about it, and he said, you know what builds your brand? Winning. Winning builds your brand. Yeah, it's okay? a weird, I mean, weird cop-out concept based off of based off of money, right? I mean, that's sort of what it feels like. And and real quick, so for those people that maybe are not inundated or keeping up with this story, and I don't blame you for one second on it, but I, I, I am curious because, you know, they're talking, you know, Philadelphia keeps leaking information about how if it wasn't Jalen Hurts, it would have been Deshaun Watson. They want to go after him again. He's got a no trade, though. Yeah, and, and Miami, too, as well, seems to be involved with this. Miami's I, the – I think it's – I think, it, to me, from everything I've heard and followed here, it's Miami or bust. And and my thing is, he has a deposition, right, next February where he has to be under okay. oath. What, okay, so well, where to, does this land? How does this get resolved in your opinion, Fred? Okay, so here's the deal. He still has to be deposed in February, which is after the Super Bowl. But there's still a grand jury here, right? So the grand jury here in Texas, in Houston, still has to hear the 10K – has to hear uh, testimony on the 10 criminal cases, right? So he could still get indicted, okay? And if he gets indicted in criminal court – See ya. Uh, the civil shit is 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 on the back burner. No, that, that that's point. that's no football. That's no brand. That's no, that your brand yeah, shall not be no. built. Your brand shall be t- torn down at that point. Yeah, your brand is your, your, your brand's in a whole different uh, category at that point. So that's what I'm still so like I said. That's what I'm so flummoxed and just blown away by is that there's so many moving parts to this that are still not even close to being resolved. The idea that Deshaun Watson is going to be a quarterback anytime soon, I think is, is wishful thinking. Do you feel like as a Texan analyst, Texans fan with uh, just at this point right now, you guys are in the long run dodging a I'm bullet a Chiefs fan. Let me, let me, stop, stop, stop. I'm a Texans. What I call myself. I am a Texans uh, supporter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've lived in Texas for 12 years now, right? So you can't, it's one of them deals where you can't help, but you know, you're in LA. Obviously, you watch the Chargers in the Rams. Hey, look, at, look at you distancing yourself here. Deshaun, I don't know Deshaun. I don't, oh, I don't know Deshaun. Oh, listen, like I said, I'm a Chiefs guy through and through. Like I said, I'm a Texan supporter. Uh, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, um, if you were from the eyes perspectives of a Texans fan right now from their seat today, would you say that basically they are looking at this as dodged a bullet in the long run or just a tragedy through and through, not just through fandom and sport, but just interaction between man and, you know, all across the board. Uh, at first it was, everybody was pro Deshaun because obviously we know what, what went down the Jack Easterby, uh, fallout which you know i'm no jack easterby fan but i felt like he got a completely raw deal and i've uh, t- i've talked to people i've talked to people that say that they are in the know and that the texans were the ones that freely knew about this and leaked it so that it can remove themselves from the situation and make it all about deshaun that's what i was told i listen i don't doubt that because you know it was a different deal when you had bill o'brien 
in the mix. Okay. I mean, hey, and listen, I don't think it's that far fetched to say, to, to think that either, because think of it this way. Didn't we hear that one of the reasons Jack used to be left the New England Patriots was because he was so uh, uh, disgusted by Robert Kraft when he got his rub and tug before the AFC championship game a few years ago. Right. Like, I mean, we know that, right? So why would he think any, I mean, if, if this guy's values are consistent, which from everything we've heard, they are, um, why would he be any different with, with Deshaun Watson? I mean, he was, I mean, listen, the Texans were providing massage tables for crying out loud. Now, do we know that? That's I mean, what I mean. Like the trainer was giving him Instagram profiles to DM. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly. no one, you know, they're very complicit in allowing someone who I think is a borderline predator, if not full on predator, and, and you categorize as pervert, they gave him quite an opportunity to uh, continue that behavior for a long time. Was, I mean, no, absolutely. I mean, he's Deshaun Watson, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it, 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 you know, we've missed. I think when all this comes out, when 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 the story's finally written and done, and all this is in the rear view, I mean, I we're I think we're going to be alarmed at a when the facts do come out. I think b we're going to be alarmed at the fact that we've been so nonchalant about how we've handled this and how we've viewed this. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're exactly right. I mean, listen, I don't know if you've got any kids, but I've got an I've got an eighteen, almost nineteen year old daughter. Okay, um, I, you know. If any of the stuff that he did, and you know, if my daughter was a massage therapist or trying to, I mean, listen, it, it, there'd be some, there'd be some furniture moving going on if if I found out he was doing some shit like that to you know to my daughter. Okay, I mean, let's I mean let's call it what it is. But you know, we've we've again, this is where, and, and again, now we're kind of getting into like a societal discussion here. But this is where you know sports and 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 society mix, where it's like, okay. Are we really going to give Deshaun the benefit of the doubt of being a sexual predator because he's a really good quarterback? Like, I mean, and I'm just saying that hypothetically, or you know, I mean, is, I mean, is that where we're at? I mean, I know some. I mean, I, I know not everybody is, but you know, that's what is 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 the most concerning thing to me. Is like, again, I, I just I have a hard time believing that 22 women all got together from different walks of life and said, you know what? Let's go all fuck with Deshaun Watson because we think he did something grimy to us. No, there's something I again when there's smoke, there's you know when there's smoke, there's fire, and 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 it, there's something there. And the idea that teams are openly considering like, oh, this is going to get taken care of, I, I just, I, I just find it uh, just fascinating. Yeah, and honestly, the just the mere concept of. Of course, you, you do the thing at this point in this conversation where you go, we, we believe in second chances in America and everyone can rehab and all this other yeah. stuff. But it really is a, a really interesting case of how we uh, how people wield power and celebrity um, yeah. just in the sports industry. But I think in a lot of other industries uh, in this life and the, you know, the choices and situations that people um, unwantedly, non-consensually are being forced into and put into a situation. And on top of that, too, that. That's the other thing. We like to pick and parcel now with numbers. So if there's 22, and let's just even say half, let's say 11 of them, is yeah. uh, is a conjured is a conjured story. There's still 11 people whose lives have been dramatically affected. Exactly. That should never be taken away. Even if it's one out of 21, I still think that there's something that's that it's going to be really hard for him to ever come back from. And I just certainly kind of hope that the Texans are able. To move on somehow, I, I I don't know what that answer is. I don't know what they're that trying is. to. Yeah, you know, but I, but again, the NFL will not pay attention to the Houston Texans until Deshaun Watson is no longer wearing their jersey. You know, and that and that's maybe also a little bit of the the back, uh, a little bit of the collateral backlash that's maybe going towards Texans fans right now. 
Well, I, I, I agree with that. And I also feel like, too, it's, you know, the NFL, because they have kind of dragged their feet on this. And, you know, some of the conversation that, that I've heard from, from when this whole thing started was, you know, and, and we've had, there was a story that came out a few months ago where uh, a couple of the women that had talked to the NFL said that they made it feel like, the NFL made it feel like, to them, they were the ones that were responsible for why Deshaun did what he did. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's, it's just... This is unprecedented in really in sports, if you think about it. I mean, when have we ever heard of, I mean, I, I you know, we, I mean, obviously I've talked about it and I mean, I, I, just, I can't think of any situation off the top of my head where an active player was, you know, accused of something. I mean, as, 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 you know, just as, as, as incredible as what he'd been accused of. I mean, I mean, we know players have gotten in trouble. We know, I, I mean, I guess the Trevor Bauer thing, you know, I mean, comes to mind. I mean, most recently, right. You know, and maybe it's a, I mean, it's, obviously it's a disturbing trend. Uh, but also but, real but, quick, how, how, uh, how convenient though, that the MLB won't turn its back on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Cause it's the Dodgers and they're about to win a world series, but they're doing everything they can oh, to make sure that wait, 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 wait. they're about to what? Well, I, I know. I know. What? No, I know, I know. I hey, as much as I want to root for the Atlanta now, Braves. Now, well, I'm not a Texans fan. Let me adjust my Astros hat real quick. I got I an a, I got a, I got an Astros question for you coming for sure a little bit later in this pod. Um, and I I do want to stick on uh the NFL just for, for one more sure. thing, and let's let's move off the Deshaun Watson for a second. Sure, absolutely. Um, absolutely. you brought this up on an email beforehand, so I'm gonna phrase it to you like this. Yes, I want you to cast the show of Succession. With the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So my question for you is, is Brian, is Pat Mahomes, Brian Cox, or is that Andy Reid? And then, like, is, oh. is Tyreek Hill, is is Kelsey Tom, and is Tyreek Ty- Hill, Kendall Roy? <laughs> oh. Man, I'll tell you what. Now, I, okay, well, for, I guess my first question to you would be, are you Team Kendall or are you Team Logan? You know what? That's what's so, but that's what's so fantastic about the show. I'm actually, I'm, I'm team, I'm team Logan because I'm really enjoying the concept of him trying to decide which child he wants to go to jail for his indiscretions. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why he's protecting Roman right now, right? Because I think he doesn't want Roman. Someone's going to jail. It's probably going to be either Jerry or obviously uh, try to get to the daughter whose name's escaping me for the moment. Chip. Protect, yeah, Chip. Protect Oof. Roman. Lesser. And then, but but Kendall's Kendall's fighting the fight, right? He's literally doing the Game of Thrones. Uh, he's doing the Game I, of Thrones act, so it's worth rooting for. Listen, the show. I I got onto Succession late. Uh, I I got onto it about a month ago, and you know I've been watching. I mean, I've been a Billions guy, but um, man, that's a great question. You know, it's hard to say because I can't see anybody. See, the problem is I don't see anybody in the Chiefs organization going all Kendall Roy on us. Right. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that um, where they, you know, they would be back and I run Matthew. No, <laughs> or no, he's, he's, Ooh. he's behaved. He's behaved for quite some time now. I, I mean, that's a good one though, actually is Teron Matthew. And only, only because I'll tell you what, maybe Steve stats, maybe Steve Spagnolo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve Spagnolo Cause he's tired. Dan Sorensen. Listening to the, the hip hop in the limo. <laughs> exactly. I can see one of them doing it just because, you know, let's call it what it is. The, deep, the chief's defense has been complete dog shit. So I could see one of them kind of going off the rails just because they're tired of getting uh, a dog for everything. And Dan Sorensen has caught a lot of flack. I mean, listen, you, you know, 
Has he been great? No, he hasn't. But the coach continues to put him in. So are we mad at Dan Sorensen because he's not capable of doing it? Or should we be mad at the coach who continues to do it, even though he watches film every week and sees this guy continuously make the same mistakes over and over again? So I side more on the uh, error of the coach there because, again, at some point you got to man up and say, okay, listen, i got to swap somebody out for that. Uh, listen, Logan is definitely Andy Reid. Okay. Yeah. Logan is Andy Reed through and through. Um, Andy Reed runs his thing. He's the head of the ship. I mean, listen, he brought Brett Beach, the coordinator, the, the, I'm sorry, the GM into the national football league. I mean, he's been, Brett Beach has been with him since he was in Philly way uh -huh. back when. Right. So, I mean, that's his guy. Right. So, I mean, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, if, if, I mean, obviously Brett Beach has probably got final say at this point over the roster. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, Brett Beach was the one who a year before the draft went to Andy Reed and said, you need to check out this, this Pat Mahomes kid. And Andy Reid kind of shrugged him off at first. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. And he said, he goes, Brett Beach came into my office every week during college football season that year and was like, this is going to be the next Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Then they bring him in, and, of course, the rest is history. So I uh, brought him in for a visit. The rest is history at that point. But, uh, no, Andy Reid is, is definitely um, – and I would say probably – I would say Jerry's Brett Beach and Logan is, is Andy Reid. I like that. And you also brought up a comparison. Now, see, I have to be, you know, full disclosure here. I haven't seen Billions. I hear the same four or five talking points about the show from other yeah. people. You had made the comparison that Succession is Patrick Mahomes and yes. Billions is Josh Allen. Uh, just kind of walk us through a little bit because that sounds a little bit like Billions will never be as good as Succession or Billions no. has a chance to be as good as Succession. No, they'll never be as good. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to tell you this, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And, 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 and I can't take this as an original thought because somebody, and I can't remember who I, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this and, and, and they brought this to my attention. All right. When we think of the gold standard of TV shows, right? Especially when it comes to cable, HBO is it, right? When you think about the shows that they've done, The Wire, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Sopranos, uh, Game of Thrones. Sopranos. I mean, let's call it what it is, right? I mean, just, just, you know, um, Hell, uh, True Detective even had the zeitgeist moment. True Detective when that came out, whatever it was, a couple years oh, ago. Oh, you know, the first one, the first one. The, the yeah, yeah, no, I agree. The reconnaissance. Exactly, uh, and I'm, 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 I'll, I'll go back even further for those that remember uh, Dream On with Brian Ben Ben way oh, back yeah. when. <laughs> huh? So I'm, I'm dating myself, but sounds like someone had illegal cable. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, black my, box. <laughs> no, my grandma had HBO. That was, my grandma had HBO. I love staying at grandma's house because we got to watch HBO. So um, HBO is 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 the is the is the you know the standard for 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 cable TV shows. Showtime has made a push here as of late, right? I mean, they've had some good shows here as of late, but the one thing about Showtime shows. They always peter out after about season three. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. They always peter out about uh, uh, Ray Donovan is the first one that comes to mind, right? I'm a huge Ray Donovan fan. Seasons one, two, three, even four was pretty good. I'll put it like this. And I'm, like I said, I was a Ray Donovan zealot. Season seven was so bad, it came out and I didn't even know about it. Yeah, okay. they're still dragging the corpse of Shameless out, aren't they? Like it's like they're still dragging Shameless out. Okay, there was a couple. Other, there's been a couple other shows. I mean, Homeland got garbage after a while. You know what I'm saying? Like after, yeah. I mean, it was just basically people running around screaming at each other. Billions is following that same kind of pattern, right? Where the first three seasons, Money in the Bank, you know, Bobby Axelrod, Paul Giamatti. I mean, it was it was it was hitting. 
Um, and then it's just gotten too cute for its own good. The, the writing's kind of tapered off a little bit. I mean, it's still okay. I mean, I still watch it, but it, I don't watch it with this. I mean, I'll put it like this. This is the, the kind of the, 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 the you know, uh, litmus test for me. If I start doing something else while I'm watching the show. Not good. That's it. Yeah, bad time. You know what I'm saying? Like succession, I'm, I'm locked in. When succession comes on, everybody be quiet. Miriam, I'm, 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 I'm done. Just come see me in an hour, whatever. So, yes, is it a good show? Absolutely. But to, to Josh, I mean, listen, when you look at Josh Allen, I mean, and yes, I get it. Everybody, well, well, look what happened two weeks ago. Okay, yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. The Bills beat the Chiefs. You know, the Bills beat the Chiefs, I, and, and I, I respect that. But to when you look at what Kansas City is going through, Kansas City is dealing with what New England dealt with for the entire time Pat, uh, uh, Tom Brady was there, right, where you're everybody's Super Bowl week in, week out. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have never been that team before, okay? And so think about the teams that came. I mean, think about it. All I heard about all offseason was, uh, and, you know, we had we had folks on from, from, from Cleveland and what have you, geared up for the season, you know, doing season previews and what have you. They're like, oh, all, all, all they can't, you know, they've got week one circled on the, the calendar because they can't wait to talk about, you know, uh, for the Chiefs. Talk to the Bills guy. Oh, they've got week five circled on their calendar because they can't wait to go to Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes coming to town this week. We're taking your calls all morning. You know, Baltimore. We got, you know, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. You know, we got Raiders week one. But, hey, you got Pat Mahomes coming to town. You know, we got – I mean, think about it. All the talking points in the AFC start with what? Can you beat Pat Mahomes? Can you beat the Chiefs? That's the reality, okay? So this idea that, well, the league's caught up with Pat Mahomes. No, no, the league hasn't caught up with Pat Mahomes. Okay. I mean, you look at his internet. Yes. Is he throwing stupid? Is he making stupid throws? Absolutely. You know, he made the joke last week after they beat the Redskins or the Washington football team. You know, he said, yeah, that interception I threw is probably going to be on. Come on, man. He's like, you know, I got to be better. They asked Travis Kelsey this week. They said, you know, what'd you tell Pat uh, after the game? He's uh, during the game. He said, I walked up to him and I said, listen, I put, I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, Hey, be you be Pat Mahomes. He goes, cause you know what? Pat Mahomes or uh, yeah. Pat Mahomes is pretty good. Yeah. And he is, you know, and so it's like, Yes. Have teams kind of figured out a little bit like, okay, we're going to drop two safeties back. We're going to make a beat us underneath, right? We're going to bracket, uh, 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 you know, Tyreek. We're going to bracket uh, uh, Kelsey and make you beat us. And oh, oh, by the way, it doesn't hurt when you've got no running game. All right. That hasn't, that hasn't helped. But oh, by the way, uh, the dude, I, I read a stat today in the last, in the history of the NFL, I think only six quarterbacks have uh, uh, have have had 18 touchdowns or more through the first six weeks of an NFL season. Yeah, he's on pace okay. for over 50. He's going to fly past 50. You know, Mahomes has done it twice. So, I mean, this idea that the league's caught up to him, I mean, again, you know, it's it's teams are gunning for the Chiefs. Their defense is, a, is, is, a, is atrocious. They've got no pass rush. Their linebackers are, are about as slow as you and I. Uh, no disrespect, you, you might be faster than some of the Chiefs linebackers. I've, I've never seen you run, but I know they're, I know they're faster than me. Uh, you, assume, you assumed correctly and accurately. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and oh, by the way, look at who they've played the first six weeks, right? And you've played three of the top teams in the AFC, in the Browns. I mean, we all know the Browns should be a playoff team. We know the Ravens will be. We know the Bills will be, okay? So, yeah, you're getting – You've played three of the top teams in the AFC who have all tried, who are all gunning for you. And oh, by the way, you lose on a fumble against the Ravens, which you would have won that game. And then you, you, you absolutely, you know, you pissed all over yourself against the Bills. Okay. I mean, it happens. Yeah. You're bringing a great perspective with the Patriots comparison right here. Cause that's where they are at this point. Right. And what did we see last yeah. year? You know, Mahomes got a little banged up towards the end of the year. I think all he does now is just think about January 
And this always comes off as a little glib because, of course, they prepare and they want to win every game and they do the work and they, they work as hard as they can in practice to be able to perform on Sundays. But there is a little bit of right now for Patrick Mahomes. Who gives a shit about week five? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what I, I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, it is a results base. They're going to get enough wins to get in the playoffs. But, you know, you pull up this list right now of teams – that, in my opinion, have probably been the most impressive so far in the NFL this year. The Cowboys, the Rams, the Ravens, Absolutely. the Bills, and the Cardinals. Bills did it last year. The rest of those teams, though, this is also kind of brand new for them, where every single week is go, go, go. Do you think the Rams, though? You know, I, see, I, don't think, I don't necessarily think the Rams fall in that category. What, in terms of most impressive? No, no, as far as teams that have done it before. Oh no no! I said I I said they're the team that hasn't done it before. Where I think that they're oh, the, they're gotcha, the gotcha, one gotcha, where gotcha, on a week to week basis they're like push push push. Matthew yeah, Stafford yeah. career stats every week. We're going you know we're going for it. Where I think the Chiefs are looking at this more from that broad angle of let's get to January. Where I think you know the Rams, the Cowboys, the Cardinals for sure. Are like every week, go go go, push push push. And I just think there's a difference there. And and at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be there. And at the end of the day, name one NFL team that goes, yeah, I'll play him on a on a January Sunday. Well, that, that, that's just it, right? I mean, that's and that, okay. So and that's a perfect analogy, right? Because for all these folks that say, okay, yeah, we the, the league's cut up to Pat Mahomes. To your point. How many teams want to play him week one of the playoffs? No one. You know, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want to play Pat Mahomes week one of the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I'll hang up and listen. I mean, nobody fucking does. Of course they don't. Maybe they do in the sense that okay, we're okay if we. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that if they figure we can put up points on that Chiefs defense, that's the only thing you can think of. Is just we're going to turn into a track meet, and you know we figure if we can just keep everything in front of them. Because the one thing about Pat Mahomes, though, that he has shown, uh, you know, if, if there is a, you know, I, I had Ben Troop on, uh, a former NFL uh, tight end, join us, and he said, you know, the one thing about Pat Mahomes is that, you know, nothing he does is mechanically correct. You know, he's like that dude. He goes, it, it, he goes, and that, that's the thing about him. He goes, he's like, listen. No quarterback is supposed to run to his right and then launch a ball 25 yards across his body uh, uh, to a dude that's not even in the screen yet, right? And and now, granted, you can do that when you got Tyreek Hill, and you can do that when you got Pat Mahomes' arm. So you know, and but it's just one of those things where when you're struggling, when the offense is struggling, and we say struggling, they're still putting up 31 points a game. They're still putting up. I mean, this team's averaging, uh, I think, something to the effect of 3.7 yards a play which is the highest in, in, in NFL history. I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, so for as much as everybody keeps telling me, I keep hearing that the NFL is caught up with the, with the Chiefs. It's like, well, where? Yeah. Because you're not stop. The Chiefs are stopping themselves outside of the building. And, when, and, and real quick, when the NFL catches the Chiefs, what do you do with them? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. if you're catching them in an alley, like who's winning that fight? I'm still probably going to take Patrick Mahomes over any team in the NFL. And honestly, that's probably still including the Buccaneers. I mean, they they soundly beat yeah. them in that Super Bowl. You can't really take anything away from that. But again, offensive line issues, weird, um, you know, weird mojo, weird juju going into that week with the Chiefs, Andy Reid's son, the barber oh. that got tested positive for COVID. Mahomes was compromised in her. There's a lot of things that just when you look back on it, it was like, man, the the Chiefs were not running on all cylinders, even remotely close to running up to that Super Bowl. I've said this and, and I've gotten into it with guys from Kansas city about it. Um, but I know this much and I've, I've talked to, I've talked about a handful of NFL players, former NFL players. 
I am a staunch believer that Andy Reid's son, who was the outside linebackers coach, all right, which by the way, the Chiefs had no outside linebackers on that team last year. So that tells you already all you need to know there. Him nearly killing that little girl three days before the Super Bowl absolutely factored in to that team's performance on Sunday. Now, Kansas City people try to say, oh, no, it was just all this. I said, bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Not, are, you I, I said, human? are you not a human being? That's what I'm saying. I mean, you, how can, I mean, they're talking about this. Listen, this little girl is, I mean, she finally got out of a coma, you know, uh, over the summer. She's never going to walk and talk normally again, okay? I, I mean, like you said, unless you're a fucking droid, all right, and I, I just, that's going to affect you. And when you're, when it's a team game and, you know, you know, I mean, listen, the dude was drunk and fucked up leaving the team facility. Okay. And smashes into this little kid. You don't think the team knew that this stuff was going on. I mean, I, I just, I, and, and so for him to do that so close to the Super Bowl, I, I, I'm telling you, I just, I'm a firm believer. And I'm gonna tell you what, I feel like it in some way carried over into this season to some extent. I still feel like there's still a little bit of unresolved kind of angst going on with this football team. So, you know, they're right. And of course, obviously when you lose games, it only, you know, I mean, but winning's the best deodorant, as they say, obviously that's had a factor into it a little bit. The fact that the team's gotten off to a sluggish start too, but no, I, I think, you know, you're start finally, you know, listen, you, you, you got some get right against the Washington football team, which, you know, I mean, it's Taylor Heineke crying out loud all right I mean let's not make it out like this guy's you know Mark Rippon or something like that but let's see what this team does at Tennessee this weekend because Tennessee is coming off a huge win against the Buffalo Bills all right and this and you know that's a team we kind of forgot about in, in the AFC pecking order right I mean listen they went out and got Julio Jones who oh surprised you know stop me if you heard this before he's hurt again uh, but let's see what he let's see what let's see what this team does because you know Tennessee's you know you again what, what's the thing we've been talking about you know, they've got Kansas City circled on their, on, you know, week seven. Here we go. Kansas City coming to town. My final topic for Fred Davis here uh, on Bet on Chicago. Uh, let's take it over to the baseball diamond a little bit. So I want to get into a lot of stuff with the Houston Astros right now. But if I told you at the beginning of, yeah, I don't know, maybe if I told you last summer, like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. you that the Astros would be, on the doorstep of winning another pennant and going to a World Series without Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, or Lance McCullers Jr. I know the offense is amazing, but I mean, I just I find that so remarkable. Like that's one of those that's just one oh, of those but- things that I'm I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around that it's for Amber Valdez, Louis Garcia, and what else? So the first question I would have said, well, the only thing I would have said to you is, did we have McCullers and, and Greinke all season long? Right. So if you didn't have them all, I mean, it would be phenomenal, even more phenomenal if they'd have been hurt all year long. Right. Right. But, right, right. but McCullough's had a great year and, and Granky still made what, like 28 starts or something like that. I was going to say, Granky was, Granky was okay until he got COVID in August. And then he got COVID in August and that dude just fell off a cliff. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, although he gave you a, what, an inning and a third the other night. Um, and I think he gave you what three or four against the, the White Sox or something like that, but he has, he hasn't been himself. Right. Um, McCullough's, you know, the thing about McCullers is, I think that, and, and just real quick as an aside, I think the conversation with him is going to be, see, I've never been sold that he's an ace, okay? I just, I, I just, you know, for one, let's look at it this way. He's always been the third or fourth guy before this season, right? Because let's call it what it was. When, when Keiko was there, he was like the second or third guy. Uh, you know, obviously when you had Garrett Cole and Verlander, you know, clearly when, you know, he was third or fourth then too. 
Um, and then this well, and he year, was one was, of the few guys because Keuchel has a hard time. It takes him forever to warm up. McCullers was yeah. one of the rare guys, the young guys who was like, "Throw me in out of the bullpen against oh, the Yankees." Listen, you know, no, bring it on, yeah. Listen, what he lacks in in being a day to day ace, he makes up for the fact that I mean that dude's just about it about it as it gets, right? I mean, and in, in an era when you know sports, you know uh, your your athletes don't necessarily embody the city or, or aren't as endearing outside of whatever foundation they're a part of. I mean, I'm not, not to say that guys don't still do that, but I mean, he's an, I mean, listen, he's embraced H town and then some, um, but when you look at it, this is now, listen, he ain't pitching the world series. Okay. I mean, he's got a forearm injury. Okay. I mean, it's like people are, you know, people are, Oh, well, he'll bounce back from that. It's a forearm. I mean, I'm telling you that that ain't no joke. Exactly. Okay. Not to mention, let's, let's look at it from this standpoint. Um, you know, people were saying, well, you know, just give it some rest. I said, tell you what, why don't you squeeze something? Okay. And then throw it as hard as you can. Yeah. And then tell me how you're, and then do it 90 times and tell me how your fucking arm feels. And after then go that. out there and use the slider splits that he's been yeah. putting up all season. Yeah. Put a little English on it when you're done. So, I mean, come on, man. But my, but you know, and, and so listen, for people, any you know, there were some people here in town. Uh, a couple of people I, I heard from a national standpoint say, "Oh, suck it up." It's like you know, get out of here. I'm, I'm never going to accuse a guy of just bailing, and I certainly would never accuse Lance McCullough of that. I mean, Dusty Baker said himself when when he left in Game Four, I had to take him out because he couldn't he couldn't go anymore, right? right? But here's the thing about about, about uh, Lance McCullough is that you got to start to question a little bit. Uh, his rookie year, he threw 125 innings. 2018, he throws 128, boom. 2019, he's got to have uh, Tommy John surgery, okay? Uh, last year, obviously, shortened season. I think he pitched 60 innings. This year, he throws 162, then what? Boom, there goes the forearm. So I'm starting to wonder, you know, the two seasons where he's had, he's been taxed the most, which let's call it what it is. It's not like that's, I mean, it's not like this is, you know, these aren't a gob of innings in the grand scheme of thing. I mean, yes, I get it in today's baseball, it is. But 120 and 160, and you're getting hurt every time. I mean, I, I I can't I can't call you an ace if you can't give me 160 in. I just I just can't do it, right? So maybe he go maybe he goes out of the bullpen. Maybe he becomes a guy you know a long reliever come you know closer someday. Who knows? I'm just not. I wasn't convinced before, and I'm certainly not convinced now. Is he a gamer? Yes. Is he an ace? Not ready to go there just yet. Yeah, they're dealing. We're dealing with the same thing on the south side with with Carlos Rodon. You know, when he's on yeah. the mound and when he's right. I don't want to say one of the best in the game, but a guy that probably deserves a hundred million dollars this off season. The reason why he's not going to get it is because he, once he gets over that 100 inning, 120 inning, yeah, dude breaks down. And I'll be honest with you as great as he was and helped us in the first half of the season, his problem staying on the mountain, being healthy and us backing him up and us taking him off of starts and him coming out early, probably screwed up a good portion of our second half of the season, you know? So yeah, I'm not saying like it's his fault because he helped so much on the first half of the portion, but still we, we trusted him almost trusted him almost too long yeah. where, you know, we rode it out for as long as we could. And unfortunately the car ran out of gas. My next Astros question for you, bigger surprise, the amount of games that Carlos Correa played this year, Jose Altuve's bounce back season or Kyle Tucker solidifying the years and years of being the run producer guy who showed it last year, obviously in the bubble, but you know, this year, the full sample size, I mean, the dude was everything that you hoped he'd be. I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker. Uh, Altuve is, I mean, come on, man. Altuve is a, uh, I mean, he's a hall of fame, right? I mean, yeah. and the, 
he was dealing with a lot last year, right? I mean, he had some, and, 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 you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, he had some stuff going on in Venezuela. He never talked about it. He just said, listen, I had some family stuff going on, you know, and we all know what's going on in Venezuela. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's not hard to believe. Uh, Carlos Correa is in, is in a, is in a contract year. Okay. So of course he's, you know, you're going to find what, you know, those games where maybe you were a little sore and said, yeah, I can go ahead and sit yeah. down. You're playing this year, right? He's, he's rumored. He's rumored to both the Cubs and the White Sox. I love him as a player, but man, that investment at that AAV with him, it, it terrifies me. I'm terrified to do it. Everybody's terrified. I mean, it, it's, it's, Listen, is he a monster in October? And as you know, and listen, if every time he's at bat and and does something clutch, does the number come up? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, I listen. I think he's I think he's an incredible talent. But I'm with and, and you know, for me, it's like with baseball, any of these guys with these ten year deals. The only thing that I, I would argue I could stomach a little bit, the dude's only twenty seven years old, right? So if you give him an eight year you know, $340 million deal. Okay. If he breaks down by the time he's 35, I mean, you know, I guess you can live with that. Uh, but Kyle Tucker, Kyle Tucker, I mean, and I guess it was surprising only because, you know, he, he, he labored for so long and he was always the guy that Jeff Luno would not include in yes. any deals, yes. right? Like no deals. I mean, you know, and everybody's like, well, just get rid of this dude. Right. Like, you know, we're, you mean tell me that we're, we're missing out on, on, on this and that because, you know, you won't put Kyle Tucker in a deal. And hey, I mean, listen, Jeff, and I get it, Jeff Luno's soon the league. So, you know, obviously he's probably being frowned on by why, you know, he's not being back in the baseball yet. But, I, you know, I don't, you know, talk about putting respect on somebody's name. I mean, listen, this team is still a Jeff Luno produced, you know, still a Jeff Luno production. I mean, don't get me wrong, James Click made some great bullpen moves. Um, but, no, that would be the biggest surprise for me is the, is the emergence of Kyle Tucker as a bona fide I'm not going to say he's going to be a superstar, but he, listen, he's well on his way to being a, an all-star for sure. Left-handed outfielder. Eventually yeah. he'll make a ton of money. And, and no, you're right because it, it was always just kind of interesting kind of tracking his career over the years. As, as you mentioned, not being involved in those trade talks probably puts more of a magnifying glass on Tucker producing. And oh, when absolutely. it didn't really happen, even though he did pretty well in the bubble last year, they still went and brought Michael Brantley back because it's, it's clearly, I mean, as much as you want to value a veteran hitter like Brantley, and he was great this year until his knee started bothering him. But yeah. like, it still wasn't that whole. Hey, we trust Kyle Tucker. Free reign, man. We're, you know, they're exactly. still, still bringing those outfielders back, which I found to be found to be kind of an interesting, interesting move. But the dude's shown up, and you know, he he oh, he's great against the White Sox, and you know, he's having a good series again, and so. No, he's had some, listen, he's had some clutch moments against the Red Sox. And, you know, I it, it, listen, and I'll be the first to say, after watching the way this team played the first three games, it was a little nerve, it was it was nerve-wracking because you thought, you just weren't used to seeing the, 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 the Astros just get beat down like that. Mm -hmm. And then when the report came out that maybe they were tipping pitches, and so they talked to Brett Strom, the, the pitching coach, the next day, and he said, you know, we we saw some things that you know there, there were some things we saw that, that we that we know we need to clean up. Could they be picking up on it? Who knows? He said, but there's definitely some things that we got to do better. And maybe and he goes, listen, it's baseball. Everybody's trying to do you know trying to get an advantage. And they they discussed that after game three. And you've seen a markedly different pitching staff in games four and five. I gotta believe that. that I mean, again, I, I'm not saying they were tipping pitches. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. But they did. They've done something differently from Game Three to Game Four and Five. Because, like you said, Framber Valdez, which you know, in baseball is a game of, of numbers. I mean, eventually something's got to give, right? 
I mean, I'm gonna tell you what, uh, uh, Chris Javier is, is to me is, is, is the real MVP. Because I'm going to tell you what, if that dude doesn't hold it down... He's been the Lance four, McCullers of this postseason, right? He absolutely has been, McCullers, yeah. No, he absolutely has been. What he was able to do and hold it down in game four. I mean, if this team goes on... Listen, if this team goes on to win the World Series, uh, that's going to... You know, that's the... the if there's a one shining moment, I know they don't do that in, in, in baseball, but if they did, there's your one shining moment is, is Javier holding it down for those four and a half, five innings, whatever it was to really hold this team down and keep them, keep them in it. Yeah. I like him a lot too, as a starter moving forward. I know they, they weren't able, they kind of squeezed him out as the season went along this year. I still think next year that could be a good option for him. Um, so, I mean, do you like, you like Astros chances for the pennant and, uh, out tonight. <laughs> yeah. Out tonight. And what are we thinking? Tonight. What are we thinking for world series matchup right now? Um, I, I, it's gotta be the Dodgers. Gotta be the, the 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 series has changed a little bit. The guys that are supposed to be hit, I mean, Betts has been hitting the ball the whole time, but now they got you know, once Bellinger starts kind of hitting balls out of the yard, who's been so atrocious all season long, yeah. it, it just feels like the talent might overwhelm this Atlanta Braves team at this point. I, I'm with you, and I saw a tweet today. Um, it's literally going the exact the the, the win the win uh, breakdown is going the exact same way it went last year. Right. Braves win the first two games. Dodgers win game three. Braves come around and win game four. And now the Dodgers are going to win game five. So we'll, we'll see what happens in game six and game seven. Um, but obviously, we know the Dodgers were able to win three in a row last year. And, you know, I got a good buddy of mine, a uh, gentleman by the name of Bitter Mike, who is a, you know, baseball fanatic. And, you know, his whole thing was with this Dodger team is, you know, do you wonder if the brass take any solace in last year's championship, right? Because he said, you know, when you listen to Andrew Friedman, he always talks about getting a championship this year. And he goes, he never references going back to back. He only talks about, we got to win a championship this year. So is that because, you know, even up upstairs, because I mean, as a fan, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you appreciate it. I mean, and how much of it was it just, as a society and just fans, we were just happy to have sports back, right? Absolutely. We didn't even want to have that, the conversation that, you know, the whole asterisk conversation and never really got to a level where it got heated enough where I think we were just happy to have baseball back. That's but of all, of all the sports, baseball had the most truncated version. Oh, absolutely. By absolutely. Far. So, I mean, you know, even people out here want to, or, you know, anti-Lakers people want to have that conversation they still played like 60, 66 games and came back. Exactly. It's hard to play that game. In baseball, though, I can see a scenario where if they get one this year, it's that unassailable real deal. Oh, and of course, you win this year, yeah. it's close. And, dude, they get, to have, they get to have the parade and they get to have World Series gates, you know what I mean, with fans coming yes. in the stands. And that's I think that's also something that they want to accomplish, right? And let's call it what it is. Let's, let's put a bow on – 2017 and and let's because listen what the what you know you've had red sox fans who have come out and said oh well maybe you know and and uh you know uh whether it's been uh you know somebody said something there was there was a rumor going around about uh you know oh dusty baker wears a fit bit could it be that when it buzzes he's you know he's tipping it off i mean it's like 
they're playing in Boston. They're playing in Fenway. And you really think, I mean, can we stop with the cheating? I mean, I get it. 2017 was 2017. Do you really think this baseball team, for everything that they've gone through and for the guys that are in that locker room, the Altuve's, the Correa's, I mean, it's disrespectful to them to suggest that these guys after, and, and I'll tell you what, especially when you consider Alex Cora, who is one of the masterminds of it, is the fucking Red Sox manager for crying out loud. But, oh, look at how the Red Sox for this cheating scandal changed. It's like, oh, no, you. that's a kissing, that's a kissing cousins debate right there. There's, there's too much, there's some cross wires there. And then on top that's of that, it. I mean, look, like, I think once the conclusion of this regular season or, you know, once the conclusion of this baseball postseason is over, it's going to get really ugly, right? I mean, in terms of labor strikes and all that. And anyone that wants to talk about, like, uh, you know, a chip in Dusty Baker's toothpick that's giving him the answers to the questions on the test, then bring back the sticky stuff. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, let's bring it all back and whatever, you know, you're a baseball, listen, you're a, you're, 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 you're a far more, uh, uh, baseball guy than I am of all the people that you would ever think of as being a, you know, going to some lengths to cheat. Does Dusty Baker fit that category for you? Nope. Absolutely not. That dude's as old school as the day is long. Do you really, do we really think Dusty Baker's trying to cheat? He wears wristbands like he's Seriously. still playing the game. Exactly. Like he is a inside the white lines guy. He will always protect his players first. That's it. Even if they screw up, he is just as old. I mean, yeah, he's as old school as it gets. I think he's also a guy that I think he loves like the idea of, of managing off of his gut and maybe not the yeah. analytics and all the other stats and everything like that. And he was brought in specifically, I think, and he got hired in Houston because – Whatever he said in that meeting sounded probably like the exact opposite of probably that's what it. they were getting in trouble for. That's how that's he got the job. And that's, you know, I can say what I want because Dusty in 2003 and running prior and Kerry Wood into the ground until they were grounded into dust, all that stuff. <laughs> but still, like, dude, like, I think I think Dusty Baker is a good man. He's a good manager. And I, I just think his he, heart's in the right place. Yeah, his heart, his heart is in the right place, even though his son wasn't in the right place in the Giants Angels uh, World Series and <laughs> JT Snow. Saved that little kid's ass. <laughs> like, yeah, he did. But yeah. you're right, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, we, we, let's not devolve the the what's been a great series. Because I, listen, I, and again, we all we can talk sports all day long. To me, ba- baseball, the baseball playoffs, for as many for as many things as baseball gets wrong, especially when it comes to marketing the sport, they're they're nearly undefeated when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like baseball, I don't care who you I mean. Name me one person who's a sports fan who you could be the most anti, you know, oh, it's too long, there's too many games, but come playoff time, you're watching, you're watching playoff baseball. You are watching playoff baseball. Yeah. And even if you resist and you're hesitant, if you actually like give it about 15 minutes, you get so invested so quickly. Um, you you know, it. And it's the same thing with the, you know, same thing with NHL hockey too, as well. I mean, it doesn't. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm a Midwest around. guy, so I'm still not there. <laughs> that's, yes. fair. that's fair. That's very fair. But no, I mean, it's an, it's undeniable. And if the world, if it is Astros Dodgers, in my opinion, and look, I I've watched a White Sox world series. I've seen a Cubs world series, which was one of the greatest nights of my life i still think you know that game seven uh cubs indians was great but what i'm sorry i'm gonna get it wrong game three or game four astros dodgers the 13 to 11 game is yeah. the great, it's the greatest world series game i've ever watched 
in my life and not just because it was a tons of runs but i mean it was back it was back and forth so many oh, storylines great hits clutch moments i mean if it is anything as close to what that series was a couple of years ago what four years ago um i think uh sports fans are going to be in for a real treat for sure the only game i'll give a slight nod over and, I, and it pains me to say this as a as, as a you know royals bandwagon fan when they're good uh, was watching Madison Bumgarner come out in game seven of the 2014 World Series and mm-hmm. literally put that whole fucking team on his back and for the entire, you know, for what, six innings, just shut down. Upstairs cheese and just like. Pop. I mean, it was like, I mean, you're sitting there just watching. You're like, this dude just pitched yesterday for Christ's sake. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we really haven't seen the same Madison Bumgarner since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have given him a Fitbit. He could have. He could have texted him, texted him the pitches. Cans. It wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered. Just yeah. filthy that night. It would not have mattered. And it's going to be exciting to see what happens uh, in the coming weeks here as we decide who's going to be the Real World quick, Series champion quick. of baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bet on Chicago. So uh, it w- we would be remiss if we didn't mention mm. we can all breathe a little easier knowing that Michael Jeffrey Jordan has been added to the 75th anniversary NBA team. <laughs> I was like, you know, I wasn't sure if, they, you know, I mean, I know it's a little touch and go, but thank God. I know they didn't factor in his executive experience, but we can all rest easier knowing Michael barely made the list. I had a buddy, I had a buddy call me yesterday. We were going over the 75 of the snubs and who's, who's in and who's out. And uh, we got into a nice little Tracy McGrady Houston Rockets conversation. And I'm happy that he's not in, honestly. Uh, great player, but it doesn't mean you have to be the top 75. Uh, of but all time. Damian, well, but then how did Damian Lillard make it? I mean, do you really think Damian Lillard is a top 75 player of all time? I don't. Yeah. It, th- actually, you know what, man? That's a that's a really interesting pushback because, you know, he I don't think he has a scoring title. Um, no. He has amazing I mean, playoff moments, but not a lot of playoff accomplishments. And it maybe is one of those ones where obviously uh, for if we remember Shaquille O'Neal got a lot of flack for being added to the top 50. And he was yeah. only three or four years in the league, and they were like, "Well, what are you doing?" And it was a little bit of they're hedging their bets of this is this is going to happen. Well, and oh, by the way, I mean, in all fairness to Shaq, we'd never seen anything like him before his first few years in the league. Yeah. I mean, I, kids today would be appalled at the way Shaq just you know uh, 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 you know destroyed human beings back in the you know I mean what, that, what was that, that 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 famous Kevin Harlan line with no dis you know with no regard for human life you know when he was just dunking all over people I mean I Damian Lillard for me has always been one of the most overrated players in the NBA I liked it and, and, and I shouldn't say overrated I, I, I that's unfair that's unfair to him especially when you figure who he's had to play with, because maybe CJ McCollum might be the most overrated sidekick in, in NBA history. But I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't put him over T-Mac. I wouldn't put him over. I mean, listen, you put him over Dwight Howard. How are you going to put Damian Lillard over Dwight Howard? For that one was it. That was, was interesting. Five first team, all pro, uh, all NBA teams for Dwight Howard, led a team to the finals, beat LeBron in a series in what it was like, Oh, seven, Oh, eight, something like that. Oh wait, yeah. I mean, let's think resumes, about it. That resumes that resume is pretty good there in terms of the historical significance of being a top seventy-five player. Wouldn't you argue for about a five-year stretch, Dwight Howard was the the most dominant defensive player in the NBA? Easily. You know, I mean, yeah. so how can you be? And, and oh, by the way, this was when LeBron was in his prime. I mean, this was this was prime LeBron. He was doing this again, and he beat a prime. Now I get it; it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, which you know, whatever. But 
uh, uh, but no, I mean, how you can, and let's call it what it is. I mean, longevity wise, there's definitely, I mean, I get it. Players are playing longer now than they've ever played, but you know, I mean, Dwight Howard's still a serviceable talent. And Oh, by the way, you know, his first year in Houston, he's the one, not James Harden that carried the, that carried the Rockets to the Western conference finals, not James Harden. He was the star of that team, him and Josh Smith in those playoffs that year. So yeah, the idea that they, they, they didn't put uh, Dwight Howard, maybe it's a personality thing. I don't know, but the idea that you're going to put Damian Lillard over Dwight Howard uh, in, on the all 75 team is, is just, you know, but maybe, maybe they did it for a reason. Maybe they did it because like guys like you and I will be talking about it. Can you imagine, um, <laughs> we're going to wrap up in a second. Can you imagine the year is like 1992, 93 and you run a business, Fred, you run the best basketball rim making business out there in the world you even have it on the sign of your store you're like never broken a basket in in 55 years of making baskets and you get a call on your phone and it's going hey there's this guy Shaquille O'Neal uh he's broken four of your baskets in the last three weeks uh we're gonna have to completely rethink how we make these things moving forward I mean the guy the guy changed he changed everything. They had to change the way they 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 structured and leveraged the basket on the court. I mean, it's well, let's insane. Think, well, and let's call it. Let's 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 even take it a step further. All right, is and and, and again, let, let me again. I'm, I make no bones about it. I'm a Michael Jordan guy through and through. We've seen plenty of guys. I mean, you know, you've seen a guy like a Kobe Bryant. Okay, who's Jordan-ish, and I'm gonna—I can't stress "ish" enough. And I understand that you know, in in death, you're always you know, the the, the legacy's always loomed larger. But we've seen guys that have tried to do what Michael did, and especially from a physicality standpoint. I mean, that's probably you know, I mean, that was that was I think that was what's so eerie about Kobe was how how physically him and Michael were so similar. I don't know that we'll ever see another player who is as physically dominating the way Shaquille O'Neal is or was. I mean, I mean we, have, we haven't seen anything close to it. I mean, we've never, since, since Shaquille left the league, we haven't seen, I mean, we've seen plenty of guys that have tried to do what LeBron does. I mean, now, see, I mean, seeing six foot nine point forwards is not all that crazy anymore, okay? I mean, yeah, it was nuts in the early 80s. I mean, we never thought we'd see another Magic Johnson again. Seeing guys that do six that are six nine, two fifty, you know, I mean, what's Luka Doncic? Six seven, six eight. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, he, he, six, I, I think mean, he's six eight, yeah. Seeing six seven, six eight, six nine point four. I mean, the hell, Ben Simmons. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe you don't want him shooting the ball, but yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, Durant, Durant, six eleven, but he's a yeah. six, you know, he's a seven foot point guard, right? We've never seen a seven foot, three hundred and eighty pound man do the things that Shaquille O'Neal can do. And I don't, I think that's one of those deals where we just don't, I don't know that we appreciate just how truly transcendent Shaquille O'Neal was. Cause he had so many different phases in his career. I mean, I think the one, the one that you're alluding to, which I think is the most special was the one, those early magic years, grab a rebound and he would go coast to coast. Oh, and dunk well, on and you, or he would no look pass or he would spin move on you. I mean, he was, he had like Hakeem handles early on. And he had this athleticism that was just unmatched at a size that no one had ever seen before. I think when you look at Pete Shaquille from 96 to probably 05, right, mm-hmm. was probably I, – I, I don't know that we've ever seen any player physically dominate the league. And I, I, I always think back to that game against uh, – what was it, game – 
was it game six or game seven against the Portland Trailblazers where Kobe throws it up to him and he goes up there with one hand (laughs) and runs over like four Blazers on his foot. (laughs) Yes. That that was insane. We haven't seen anybody do anything like that since, you know, I mean, yeah, we see, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I can think of probably what maybe LeBron's, uh, LeBron's uh, chase down block of Iguodala, you know, is probably Big in that moment. same realm. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, for a guy to just go up there and, like you said, do that out, I mean, we haven't seen anything like that since. And, and then, again, that's what I don't know that we've ever appreciated for what and, – and I'll tell you what, uh, business-wise, that dude's – I mean, he's incredible. I mean, I've got a friend of mine. She works for, uh, Pe- uh, she works for Papa John's. We all know the trouble that they had with, uh, you know, Papa John himself and and his, and his uh, you know, John Gruden-like uh, 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 terminology. She said, ever since Shaq signed on with Papa John's, it has totally changed Papa John's. Yes. Because, because no one who doesn't, doesn't want who doesn't want a shakaroni? Okay, who doesn't want a shakaroni? <laughs> You don't have to the pepperoni, and you can like the shack Put on some shack rooms and some shack peppers and just get my- Put on some shack shoes that you spent $20 on at Walmart and eat your shakaroni pizza. Put on some Kazam and have yourself a Friday night. I think you're entertained. Put on some Fooshnickens. Hell yeah. Good, good call. Great drop there. There you go. You go. Oh man, that's what that's where we're dropping it. Uh, Fred Davis here on Bet on Chicago with Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Believe B L E A V. Fred, man, uh, I had such a great time. What a great way to wrap up the week, dude! So awesome. Um, we're not going to make this uh, as far apart as we did the last time. I'd love to have you no. back in time. And uh, do it again. Throw out, uh, throw out the socials, um, the podcast, all the stuff, the shows, and everything, so the listeners right now uh, can check out your content because it, it's awesome. Uh, I appreciate that, man. First off, again, thank you for having me on, man. It's uh, you know, with, with guests, you never know what you're going to get, so I always try to, you know, I always try to bring a little something extra as far as energy goes. Uh, at the Freddie D on Twitter and on the gram, but I'm more active on Twitter than anything else. And then uh, the Green Insiders, the podcast I do for all you renewable energy nerds out there, you might learn something. And then uh, Sports Map Radio. So give it a shot. You might enjoy it. You might not. Who knows? Renewable energy, you might learn something. I think <laughs> I, I'm going to go on a limb and say I think we might want to learn a little bit more about that moving forward. I'm just going to go out there and say It's the that. future. <laughs> some would say uh everyone thank you so much for checking out this podcast make sure you like and subscribe be well be safe please be good to each other we'll see you soon and remember when in doubt always bet on chicago thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.